Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanja. I know many of us have heard about, we've had different teachings, or we've had it said about the anointing within and the anointing upon. Praise the Lord. As long as you've been around charismatic circles and Pentecostal circles, that is not a very new phrase. That's not a very new term. And it is something that is so important for us to understand. It is something that is so important for us to understand. The, these, the lamps that these ladies had, the oil in the lamps, would represent that anointing, the anointing within, and the anointing upon. There is a lot of, we measure a lot of the, on the anointing upon especially among the charismatic and Pentecostal uh, believers. We major a lot on this because this is what we talk about from Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We, 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 talk about, we talk about this a lot, rivers of living water shall flow out of your bellies and all that. But we realize here that this was very key because this, the anointing or the oil that they were to have in their lamps was not oil that could be seen from the outside. Praise the Lord. They could not tell. If they could, they would have actually refilled in that very moment. But they realized, I'm sure they realized because the light went dim. Now the anointing that works, the, the anointing that is within us is the anointing that works in us, on us, on you as an individual. It is for you as a person. The anointing upon you is for those around you. Anointing upon you is for ministering to people, getting people healed, getting the power of God to touch lives. That is the anointing upon. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's the one he talks about in First John. First John 2, First John 2, 27. He's talking about the anointing within. Hmm? Says, but the anointing which ye receive, ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, all, of all things uh, is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Praise the Lord. In, in John chapter 20. Verse 20, when Jesus, Jesus met with the disciples, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. Yeah, He told them, receive the Holy Spirit. And he told them, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And when he had so said, he showed unto himself and the disciples. Yeah, go on. Then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you, as the Father sent me. Even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Yet we realize that he again tells them in Luke 20, 24, which is in the chronological order, it is way after this. You know, or we can look at Acts 1.8. This is way after he has resurrected. He's telling them to tarry in Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father. He had already prayed for them and had said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
Yet later he's telling them that, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You get what I mean? They had already received. Because he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Yet later he says, they shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon them. So these were two different anointings that he was talking about. That the one they received is this anointing that he's talking about, that you've received an anointing. And that anointing abides in you. And by this anointing, that you will need no man to teach you. This anointing will teach you all things. There is an anointing on the inside. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a new a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. You see, the anointing, he said that this anointing that you receive in you shall teach you all things. Now he's saying it is that anointing that shall cause you to walk in my truths. Here in Ezekiel, he did not speak about his spirit upon them. He only spoke about his spirit in them, giving them his spirit in them not upon them. And this is what every believer receives. Every believer, as long as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the Spirit within you, but you don't necessarily receive Him upon you. That is totally different. And as you read in the early church, you read Acts from chapter 1, you go to 28 through, you realize that there are, diff- there are accounts that show us that these are actually different. And they are very important. None will substitute the other. But the foundation is that which is within. That is the foundation. Praise the Lord. Uh, If you are to choose which one, which one should I choose over the other? You would rather choose the one inside. Praise the Lord. Very, very important. Very key for us to have this. And... this one that he says will teach us all things and it will teach us to walk in his ways now even if from the time that we get born again we receive this anointing it is upon us to grow in that anointing especially that anointing man because this anointing is locked up in our spirit man that anointing is locked up there but for that anointing to fully influence in our soulish realm there is a part for us to play. There is renewal of the mind. There is communing with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Communing that is very necessary for that. And this is the anointing that sustains you as a person. And that is why when he saw that the children of Israel, he had given them many things to do. And for some of them, the anointing of the Lord had come upon them momentarily. The anointing used to come upon them. He used to come upon, you remember, and not just the prophets and the priests, there are people that the anointing came upon. People were anointed, people like Bezalel, and different people, a young man, they saw a young man prophesying, this young man prophesying, Moses, won't you stop him, and all that. So the anointing used to come upon these people. But there was no transformation in them. And by the time God is speaking to Ezekiel, all through Ezekiel, during this time, it is God had seen 
that these people are not being transformed. They are never going to fulfill this law. They are never going to walk in his precepts. They're never going to be able. Then God said, I'll take that heart, that stony heart from them. It was God's doing. He's the one initiating it. God realized that if I wait for these people to turn to me, I'll wait forever. But if I start the work myself, I take away that heart and give them a heart of flesh. I put a new spirit in them and my spirit I put in them. My spirit in them, that anointing in them shall teach them, shall teach them to walk in these very these very laws, statutes that I have put for them, I've set for them and they are failing to walk in. And that is why he says for us why in the New Testament that his laws are written in our heart. Why? Because he knows that he has given us his spirit within us. His spirit who teaches us all things and teaches us to walk in all truths that he has given us of spirit. Hallelujah. Now it is so dangerous and it can be so detrimental to really really grow in the anointing upon and not grow in the anointing within it can be disaster and it is very possible it is very possible because like I have said like you see these ladies that anointing I'm sure when you looked at all these virgins the ten virgins none of them looked foolish you get what I mean? <laughs> None of them looked foolish. I'm sure they all looked beautiful. Maybe the foolish even looked more beautiful. Praise the Lord. From the outside, there is no way of telling. They were all there. They all had lamps. They all had that. And that is the same thing with the anointing upon. We will all look spiritual. We will all... You know, demonstrate the power. We will all sit in church. We will all do great things. None of us will look foolish. Until certain challenges come, until certain tests come. This is what David is talking about. I believe it is similar to what David is talking about in Psalm 63. Let's go to Psalm 63. Oh God, thou art my God. Ali will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus I'll bless thee. While I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. David is talking about this that he had seen, this that he had experienced. He had experienced it outside. He had experienced it while they were in the temple. But he's saying that, you see, when I'm on my bed, when I'm sleeping, I long, I long to seek you. I long for your presence in the morning. I long to, I long to rise and spend time with you. You see, in, in, in my bed, in my bedroom, I don't have, I'm not ministering to anyone. There is no one there to be healed. There is no one to lay hands on. There is no one to, 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 there is no devil to cast out. But I long for this. David knew that it was not enough to be in that other place. And this is what we see still with the life of Job. If you look at Job 28, 7, and nine, seven to 9, there is a place 
which no fowl knoweth, and which the vultures eye hath not seen, the land's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce land passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock, he overturneth the mountains by the root. There is that place that you come, that place where he's saying the vultures has not, the vultures eye has not seen this place. The land's whelps have not trodden there. No fowl has got there. This is a place of intimacy with God. It is a place where, like I was telling us during consecration, that as we come to this place of a slave, a bond servant, you come to a place where, you come to a place where what the things that Peter was talking about when Peter was telling us to put away malice, put away envy, all these things that he was talking about, that a, a place comes where those are not really your struggles in life. Praise the Lord. It does not mean you're immune to temptation, but there's a place that you grow and you're not waking up every day to resist temptation. These are levers of Christian, there's a Christian who is growing and every day they wake up to resist temptation. You get what I mean? Every day they are praying, God, I should survive this. I should not do this. But we look at like Job, who is saying, Job, Job had go to this place, and Job is talking about this here. But the same Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look at a maiden lustfully. In other words, Job was like, I, I've got to that place. I don't wake up every day thinking I should not last. I don't wake up every day and I'm like, God, keep me away from that temptation. Let me not look at that woman. Let me, you, you get what I mean? Like he's saying, no, I'm past that. I'm past that. Now I'm in this place. Now you can only get to that place. It's only the anointing within. The anointing upon can never get you to that place. And that is why you see that somebody can be so anointed, zapped by the power of the Holy Ghost. Crazy. They God demonstrate power, minister in a crusade, and from a crusade, they pay for a prostitute. Because that anointing has nothing to do with with them walking in the statutes of God. Nothing. It can never help you in that. It is not an anointing that can help. And that is why you realize that many men of God, even as you've read in, in, in the God's generals, you realize that many of them fell to sin at the peak of their ministry. From the anointing upon was there so strong. And that is the time that they fell. We've read about people like Jimmy Swaggart, Jim Becker. You know? For both of them it was prostitutes was at the peak of their ministries. This was the time where people walked in their meetings and saw the tangible presence. That had nothing to do with that is not what teaches you to walk in the precepts of God. Praise the Lord. Because you see at times at times that it causes it causes a bit of it, it challenges many believers because they are wondering the way this anointing, I go, I pray in tongues, this a strong anointing upon me, but I still struggle with this because it is not. That anointing can never help you for that. That anointing is just for the people outside. And because you see, many times as you grow, especially as you grow in this, the anointing upon, whatever is required for you to grow in the anointing within is very easy to overlook. And as you overlook that, you always, you always feel like you qualify because of this that is upon you. 
Look at Paul. I've told you this before. Paul tells the Corinthians that I subject my body, I beat my body. At least when I have preached, I myself be disqualified. In other words, if Paul is going to continue preaching and yet be disqualified, in other words, he's going to continue having the manifestations. His ministry as a preacher is going to continue, but yet he feels like he can be disqualified. Even with that happening in his life. Praise Jesus. I hope this is not scaring anyone. I hope it's exciting you. John chapter 4, let's start from verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. He's saying that this water shall be in him. This is not upon him. And this water shall be in him. Praise the Lord. And shall thirst no more. I told you this is what he was, uh, when he was talking to this lady, the background is that this lady had come to the well and she had come alone. And if any of you has grown up in uh, the village where people go to the well, people don't go to the well alone and they don't go to the well at noon time like she had gone. People go to the well when it is cool in the morning or towards dusk. That's when people go to the well and they go in groups. But it is believed or it is assumed that this lady went to the well alone because of her lifestyle. She had been with five husbands and the one she was with was not hers and she was like a reproach. She not want to go to to, to the well and hear church members discussing how she's married their brother also and so she preferred to go and there are no church members praise the Lord and Jesus shows up at this time also Jesus likes to show up when church members have left yeah Jesus can't stand some church members <laughs> Because they are going to wonder why he's speaking to such a person. Yeah. Church members are going to say, no, that person doesn't qualify. If there is anyone, Jesus can give a dream, not that one. If So Jesus waits when the church members are not around and he goes. So that they don't doubt her vision, her encounter with Jesus. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Jesus comes and he tells this lady, he's asking her for water. And she's like, oh, you Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans and this. How come you ask me for water? And tells her, if you knew who asks you for water, you would give him because he can give you water that you will drink and thirst no more. How shall you draw this water? Yet you, you have nothing to draw with. And, you know, all that conversation is going on. And then later Jesus tells her about the water that he offers. He says that this water that I offer, if you drink of it, you shall thirst no more. Why? Because this was the thirst, the human thirst that is there. This lady felt like the first husband was not enough. He never used to wash dishes. You get what I mean? Yeah. And she had a testimony in church of a wife who had a husband who washes dishes. 
So when she got the one who washes dishes, he never used to walk out with the baby. He never used to take care of the baby. So she dropped that one and got the one who walks out with the baby. And then this one who walks out with the baby was not so clean. So she looked for one who was so clean. And when she got the one who was so clean, he could not sit in the house the whole day and compliment her. He kept forgetting that she had changed her wig. He, he, it's, it's, he heard that from other people. So, you know, he kept changing them as he kept, she kept hearing testimonies in church of what people's husbands do. So she kept getting another one. <laughs> so if you, if you think you're the first one, or your husband is the first failure, there have been many. That lady tried five of them. They were all failures. Had <laughs> Joyce Meyer tell a joke of, of uh, that there was a new shop in where? In New York. You've had her tell that joke. A new shop in New York where there were, I think there were five floors. Five floors, yes. So the, that it was a husband's shop. You go and just shop for husband. So the first floor, I think these husbands were, they were good looking. I don't remember. The next floor, they are good looking and they are romantic. And the other floor, they are good looking, romantic, and they can make the house. And the other one, they have a big salary. Then the fourth, they, you know, and says the lady came in and she's like, okay, once you, you can never go back to the floor below. Whichever floor you get on, either you purchase that husband or you go to the next one. So <laughs> a lady came and she's like, this one is handsome. He has nice looks. He's just like Pastor Benjamin. Then she... Did I say something wrong? <laughs> My wife told me. My wife told me. Yes, I don't doubt her. <laughs> so, like, no, 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 I need to check what's on the second. So the second, these are handsome and they have a fat salary. Good job. And a beard. <laughs> Even the lower ones had a beard because there is no way they could. There is no way you can be fully handsome. Then, now, then that that that. <laughs> you see why we stopped streaming these services? Now. <laughs> Then now, then the third one I don't remember. Maybe that one could wash dishes, do laundry, and does all this. Then the up the fourth floor. Now the fourth floor can wash dishes, can cook. He can walk the dog. He can, you know, wash the cat. Do everything. And the lady's like, no. Yeah, buy flowers. Walk with them in town. Actually, then the the. The, so when she go to the fourth floor, she said, no, I must still get to the fifth. Then she went to the fifth, and she reached there. They told her, you are the, is it three million and what person to visit this floor? And this floor was 
put for people like you. No matter what men do, women will never be satisfied. <laughs> hmm. Because everything in a man was in those flows. There's nothing more you could. That would not be a man anymore. But it was not enough, she said. Let me try. So maybe that's what this lady was also doing, this Samaritan lady. And says that during this time, Jesus came and told her, if you drink of this water, you shall thirst no more. You shall thirst no more. In other words, this craving, all this that you thought that getting a different man is what would fulfill you. You see, she, it's like she got one man sucked life out of him, left him, deflated, got another one, sucked everything, got, you know, until, you know, like, there's nothing. They, you know, she's expecting more, but everything is sucked out totally. Now, Jesus is telling her that that you are thirsting for. If you drink this water that I give, you shall thirst no more. You will not look for this satisfaction anywhere else. You will not look for this being quenched anywhere else. Because this water in you shall become a well of living water. It shall be life in you. And this is the anointing within. That is what he's talking about. And that is why I'm saying like it is possible for you to be under the anointing or fully anointed and struggle with lust, struggle with um, greed, struggle with all these things. Why? Because there is water that you should drink that you will not thirst anymore for those things. And surely we can see one of the greatest needs for humanity is acceptance. Every human being wants to be accepted. Every human being wants to know they are celebrated. That's why every human being wants to present themselves as the best, as the good one, as the... And this lady could not do that. So, you see, she, she, I think she would prefer to live in another community where they did not know her because she would feel accepted because of that reason. And yet when Jesus is talking to her, because Jesus said the, the words that he speaks are spirit and life. The words that he spoke were the water. And he talks about the washing of the water of the, 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 the word. That as he spoke to her, as this conversation went on, she was drinking of this water, not knowing. And you see, so she, 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 she first asked him, are you greater than our father, Jacob, who built these wells? Then later she's like, you are a prophet. You know, I perceive you are prophet. You see, she's drinking of this water. Revelation is coming. At first she thinks he's not as great as Jacob. Eventually she's like, I perceive you must be a prophet. Then later, she comes to that place where she's really drunk this water. And she's like, she, she leaves him there. He does not send her. She runs to the very people that she was afraid of. The people she did not want to go with to the well. She runs to them and tells them, come and see the Messiah. Come and see the one that was prophesied about. Who told her it was the Messiah? It is because that anointing that you receive in you shall teach you all things and shall teach you in all truth. Jesus didn't mention that I'm the Messiah. But because she kept receiving the word from Jesus, she ran. And the desire, the thirst for acceptance from people was no longer there. 
she went to the very people that considered her a reproach. She went to them and invited them. Praise the Lord. This is so important. And it is so important for us as, as human beings. Because, let me tell you, there are human beings that seem to be bold. There are human beings that seem to be confident. And majority have also just mastered the art of it. But deep inside, they also long for acceptance. And that is why sometimes you see the boldness even go overboard. The confidence, their confidence go overboard. They, they want to assert themselves at times in uh, places where they're not meant to assert themselves. So you see that. So you will see those who are not confident, those who are confident. Everyone's seeking for acceptance. Why did they? You know, that's why we look for every status that we want in life. We want people to, we, we, we want people to, to, to receive us on the basis of what we've added on to ourselves, not who we really are. Praise the Lord. Yeah, if, if I add this degree, people will love me more. If I, if I add this title, people will love me more. If I, if I add this dress, people will love me more. If I put on this coat, people will love me more. You know, there is always something that we feel like we feel like we are not sufficient if we only added on this. I put on this accent. I put on this colon. I put on this smile. I put on this mascara. Yeah? People will love me better. And we do all that. And there is that thirst, that thirst for, for, for acceptance. But you see, what Jesus offers can bring us to a place where we are fully accepted and we know it. We know, and that is where we operate from. That there are many things that we are going to do. We will study, we will do our makeup, we will dress well, we will, you know, we will do all these things, but they will never take that place of the living water that Jesus gives. They will never take that place. That will continue to do those things, but it, it will not be. It will not be so that because at times you're going to get to places where where these things don't matter. You know, there are things that are, are celebrated in Kenya, but you would go to another country and they are not really celebrated. You get what I mean? Yeah. You know, there are places where confidence is really celebrated, and there are places where it is called arrogance. You get what I mean? Yeah. And you just go to a different culture and it is that. You're called rude just for being confident. And now in that area where you're polite, you're called inferior in the other place. Or you're called what? You're pretending to be polite. You get what I mean? Yeah. So you know that may shatter you as a person. If you've never drunk from this well to quench that thirst, hallelujah, because you'll always get a new territory where you will seem not to be accepted, but he will accept you. And that is the very thing that we are talking about here, that anointing within. Why should somebody who has just ministered in such a powerful way go out and look for a prostitute to sleep with? Because there's a thirst that is in them that this anointing upon can never quench. But it is the anointing within that will quench that. And uh, Oral Roberts used to say this. He used to say it is more important to pray or to spend time in prayer after, after a major victory in ministry. 
that surprisingly many ministers we fast and pray when we are going to have a crusade, when we are going to have a healing meeting, when we are going to have a conference, you've been invited somewhere big, you pray, you fast, you don't eat. But after. Because we think that we only need God. We need Him so much when ministering. We don't know that we need Him more to live. When ministering, it's a lot simple. I've known that because whatever he puts on you is for other people. It is like you being a messenger. There is very little you need to do to be a messenger than to be a boss to that messenger, to live your everyday life as a boss to that messenger. As a messenger, you just need to carry the package and pass on. So you've put a lot of emphasis on carrying the anointing upon to be able to be a blessing to people. And which is, let me tell you, if you're anointed, you carry the power of God, you can just come from a bed of fornication direct onto the stage and then people will walk. As in you will see the power of God. You get what I mean? It is very simple. <laughs> As in anointing is a pony. It is very simple. You can spend a whole month not reading the Bible. You've even never opened it and you stand and everyone is like, wow, that's the most anointed guy I've ever seen. Very possible. The greatest challenge is in living everyday life. Living everyday life. And this, for the anointing upon, I mean within, just like these ten virgins, he called the others foolish because they only put in, they only put in, they, they only put in what? Uh, they only put in the, the, the oil, they only put in oil that was enough for some time. That made them foolish. The others put in oil and they put in even reserve. And when time was gone, when the groom took longer than they expected to come, they were still safe. The wise ones were still safe because of that. Now the anointing, the anointing within, I think Job is a very good book and we've been reading, I've been, we, I've referred to Job a lot especially when talking about how Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 3 and he tells them about Jesus dwelling in their hearts by faith. Now, this has a lot to do with the anointing up within. Jesus dwelling in their hearts by faith. It has a lot to do with the anointing within. That anointing within. Very, very key. Very key. So Job is a very good example. And what does Job show us? Job says one thing. I have esteemed your word greater than my necessary food. So that is, if we are to look at Job as a character, as, as one who had his tank of the anointing within full, then that is one of the things to look at. He said some of the things that he valued most, he said, I've esteemed your word greater than my necessary food. And he said, I have not walked away from your precepts. Yeah. Let's start from verse 10. Okay, start from 8. Minus 1 to get 8. <laughs> Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot re- perceive him. 
on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand and I cannot see him. Now, I've always talked about this, how this has really fascinated me. This is not the anointing upon that Job is talking about here. There is no way the anointing upon can be operating and you don't know where it is operating. <laughs> you know, even a blind person, if they come here and see people are falling, then people are walking, and what, even a blind person will go back and say, I saw the anointing in that place. That's the truth. But this that Job is talking about, he's very different. Yeah. He's saying, I cannot perceive him, I cannot see him. Yeah. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. In other words, Job is very confident that he is very predictable before God. You get what I mean? Job, yeah, Job was saying, I can finish that crusade and you will line up all bottles of booze, you will line up all prostitutes, but God knows what I will choose. He knows. He knows. And he gives us the reason. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Yeah? Imagine, that is the reason that Job has this confidence that he can stand. I have esteemed his word greater than my necessary food. Now for, it may not be food, it may be movies, it may be football, it may be education, it may be, there are, there are many things that you may find that these are things that are, uh, that are, that you value more than the word of God. You value more than the word of God. None of those things will help you stand in this place where Job is saying, and look at all the tests that Job went through. Today, I'm sure majority of the Christians, if we went through what Job went through, after giving your all to God, many would give up on God. Maybe they would stay born again, but a bit not, not that passionate anymore, not that sold out anymore. Like they would feel like, uh, I wasted my resources, I sacrificed every day to God. Because he used to sacrifice even for his children. So I'd be like, okay, I'll continue loving God, but this thing of uh, investing a lot of my time into his work and what? Not anymore. Job was not that way. Even when he lost everything, everything he had still belonged to God. And his heart was still that way. Why? Because of what he's telling us. I have esteemed his word greater than my necessary food. Now his word is going to be very key to grow the anointing within spending time in his word that I'm not reading his word just to preach I'm not reading his word because I have been invited somewhere to minister I'm not reading his word because I have an argument to settle yeah because at times Christians it's that you read the Bible because yesterday somebody challenged you so that you go back but Job is saying I take it I need it more than I need more than I need this necessary food. More than I need this. And we can testify to it, many of us, inside here. We can testify to it that many times, as we declined in our communion, especially taking the word of God, reading the word of God, and spending time praying, spending time with God, 
but you realize that that is the time that we got into funny things we thought we had overcome. That is when we fell back to, to all that the devil had. Praise the Lord. Because this is so important. This word is very important. This word is alive. He says it is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. That we should love it. We love it. We love it until if it comes to making radical decisions like Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth read no other book other than the Bible. And he said he was not fully dressed until he had his Bible. Yeah. And that's why it's very hard. Even among the few photos that are found of Smith Wigglesworth, it's very hard to see a photo of his where his Bible is not in the picture. He had it everywhere. He valued it so much. And this gave some of these people that stability. And that's why Robert Lydon wrote uh, God's Generals, why some succeeded and why some failed. These are some of the things that we can look at and know why some succeeded. That was it. You realize that whoever succeeded, the word of God and communion, fellowship with God was very, very, very key to them. And you realize that the ones, most of the ones that fell, these things were not key. But you realize a majority preferred ministering to spending time with God. But they preferred that I would rather be here doing crusades, crusades everywhere, crusades everywhere, but no time. Like many times when I've seen that I've been vulnerable to the devil, I look at my Bible reading has declined, this has declined, and you can't, what you, you know, you can't, you can't expect what you've not put in. You can't expect that. And especially that this is what God has told us in his word. He's told us what to do to stand strong. He tells the Colossians, let his word richly dwell in you. Yeah? He tells, uh, right from Proverbs, he's telling us, incline your ear to my words. He says, they are medicine to your flesh. They are, yeah. It's a time, you know, I believed in divine health and I'm like, wow, I should not fall sick and what? And over 10 years, no pill, no headache, no nothing. Then I just started being like the Christians around me who thought I was too much. And in less than a month, I was sick. I imagine after all those years of never being sick. Because I was trying to be like them, not to be too much. So I realized I'm sick. And God spoke to me. He told me it's because of that. You're living like them. What do you expect? You're living like them. And so that is, that, that is a great it is a great responsibility that has been put upon us. And that is what we see about Job. All these plagues, I should say, all attacks that Job suffered. Like when we want to talk about somebody who suffered, everyone just refers to Job. When somebody is going through pain, they understand what Job went through. You know, everyone just talks about Job. But you see, Job stood. Why did he stand? He had esteemed his word greater than his necessary food. Uh, when Kenneth Copeland, he says, uh, Gloria Copeland says that when she met him, he was in debt. She thinks that he was even in debt for his tricycle. 
that he <laughs> he was so much in debt he was he had eating disorders he was struggling with the smoking drinking as in he he was just a broken person but you see he joined or robert university i think he listened to kenneth hagin kenneth hagin tellos born or robert those people influence him and he was so fascinated as a new believer the word can have that impact and he went back to his house where they were staying with the wife then they got their tv and he said they turned that tv into a table because they didn't have a table so they said no watching tv anymore we're just going to listen to they got all cassette tapes that tv turned into a table he has his books he's writing 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 listening to everything he's going for conferences that's how he stopped smoking if you've read uh, disciplining the flesh he stopped smoking because he was with these ministers they knew his sins and they took him along so it's for this conference three weeks and he's listening to the word every day he's fascinated every day with what people are saying then after three weeks he's driving his car and you know there are flecks that fall on him and he checks he realizes oh I'd kept my cigarettes there and you know he had stopped smoking why because he had been in an environment receiving the word the word the word and why was i saying this if he could put down that tv to forego all that entertainment for this he diagnosed himself the bible says let him who thinks he stands take heed but at times at times when we talk about these things that ah um, I, I don't think i have a problem with netflix i don't think i have a problem with this kind with this group i don't think i have a problem with but you see you can diagnose yourself from your life hallelujah if every day you think your life is shocking you maybe you need to cut out some of those things and say let me concentrate on these things cuz it pays let me tell you it pays and it pays handsomely people may not understand you right now people may think you're crazy yeah people came to our home and they thought we were crazy not to watch news you get what i mean like how don't you watch news i don't know the last time i i didn't but you see one thing i've always told them that they're like you you see you are pastor you need to be up to date especially because you minister to people i told them you will update me you get what i mean i don't need to watch news to know who has won elections you will come around shouting swinging your hands and you say so and so has won and i'm like okay. as in there is nothing let me tell i've not watched news i don't know for how many years there's nothing i've i've missed really I can't tell you that hey I really missed this. Now I'm not saying there is anything wrong with watching news. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but like I feel like there is news here in King James that I've not yet fully grasped that I need to grasp and this one is emerges. This one I may not hear it from anyone. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is good, yeah. It's good. It's good news. So it is very important that is how because now as that as that anointing within you grows it even gives a very good basis for the anointing upon to operate a very good basis because the anointing upon it can still be there but those will be shut on you because of character 
but look at the longevity of even people like people like T.L. Osborne uh, Reinhard Bonke Billy Graham that that long that length of time in ministry was more because of the anointing within people have come you see I've watched you know no more like just thinking as a human being. You get what I mean? Not thinking as a spiritual being. <laughs> now, the, <laughs> it's as you grow up, you see ministers come. I'm saying as a human being, you know, a wave comes. Because I've been around church for so long. Yeah? I grew up in church. So I've been around church for so long. And you know, there's a time where now you're like, wow, the man of God, the man of God. Maybe, I don't know, whoever you may say, maybe when we are young, we are looking at who? Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonke, everyone talks about them. Then a wave comes. Some guy comes who has like manifestations that are out of this world. You get what I mean? As in everyone is just running to that. They even feel like, hey, what are you doing still listening to Reinhard Bonk? <laughs> you know, what are you doing listening to Reinhard Bonk? This is where things are happening. This is why you're meant to be here. Especially Africans. Africans come up like this. You know, African ministers from nowhere. That guy is prophesying to everyone. He's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this. And Reinhard Bonke continues preaching the simple things he knows. You know, you would think that he would be tempted to be relevant like these guys. And those, that excitement comes and they go, they disappear and Reinhard Bonke is still there. He's there when our parents were young. We were young, he was there. Our children were young, he's there. And he's there. And some of those ministers we talk about, no one even remembers them. But they shot on the scene. They captured everybody. Now, the anointing upon can do that. The anointing upon can, can have great impact, but in a short span. But the anointing within, that ministry will run. Your life, that, that Christianity, that eternal life that you carry in you can be seen for generations. People can look at you as a, because people will give you time. And it is okay. As a minister, as a Christian, people are not going to buy into what you believe just because you came to them and told them, I'm anointed. I'm a child of God. No. They are not fools. Praise the Lord. Somebody has come around the block before you and they were also, actually, they, maybe they were more spectacular than you are. So why should they believe in you? But you see, they will give you time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I know people who are now coming back to Ratsi, but they knew us many years ago. But they could not come. Because what if this is some other Ugandan on the corner? You know, but here, oh, seven years, they are still there, still teaching the word. I think they are a true man of God. <laughs> and it's okay. It's very okay. Yeah, that's how God created human beings, and it's okay. Prove people. So you're going to be proven. But what is going to give you that longevity? What is going to give you that sustenance? It is that anointing within, that anointing that shall teach you all things. That anointing within you that shall teach you all things. And teaching you all things means teaching you the ways of God. Like he said in, in, in Ezekiel that the, the laws, 
a new spirit I will put in them and my laws shall be on their heart that they will walk in them. That is beyond excitement. And now that is personal time. So back to the story I was telling you of, of, of Daniel Kolenda. So Daniel Kolenda is in these different crusades. So like, you know, different time zones. Some places he's, he, he actually gets off the plane, personal assistant just buys him a new shirt and he just has to put on and the, the meeting is ready. Because you see of the different time zones. You know, you can spend three nights without seeing night. Because you left the other place day, you arrived this place, it's day, you arrived the other. So like that. And you know, he's very tired. You start experiencing a burnout. Now, a burnout is not getting tired. Getting tired and fatigue, you sleep and you recover. That's not a, a burnout is not that. A burnout is not something you sleep off. You get what I mean? Yeah? So you start experiencing a burnout. And so he says, during this time, he comes and he starts, he goes to, you know, you, you're just, now you, you feel you're just even so lazy to read the Bible, you're just, you're just there. So he starts going to, to this, to this uh, barber shop, yeah, he starts going to this barber shop, and the, the barber there, I don't know if she's called a barber or a barberess, but it's a lady, so... <laughs> <laughs> a baby. <laughs> so she, as she's shaving his hair, he starts liking her company. He wants to come back for a haircut every. He's telling his wife, hasn't my hair really grown? Shouldn't I go back? Hasn't my hair really grown? And you see, gladly. I think God spoke to him, God, and he saw where this would go. But it was that, you know, these are victories. This is a time is coming, like in Africa. We saw 200,000 people get born again. We saw blind eyes. We saw, so you would think that coming back from such a height of a ministry, you come back and you're not vulnerable to the devil. But that is the time that he was most vulnerable. And he came back and he had to make radical decisions. Praise the Lord. And that is why even accountability is so important and all that, it is so important. Because all this anointing, all the blind people he had seen see, the lame people he had seen walk, that anointing was not going to rescue him in this, in this time. It was not going to rescue him. And that is why at times you set an alarm, you become very intentional. It is just lazy Christians who say, oh, if not lazy, very young, not yet busy doing the work of the Lord, who say, I read the Bible when God just tells me, I'm just led by God to read the Bible. I'm led by God to study the Word. Wait until the devil knocks on your door. But you see, you come to a place where it's a discipline that you just establish. And eventually you come to a point where you enjoy that discipline. You enjoy it. And you realize that God is there waiting for you in that time. And then now you come to that place that he's saying that the vulture, the eye of the vulture has not looked in that place. The whelps of lions have not trodden in this place. That is the place. What are vultures? What are these lions? What, those are the bad thoughts, the arrows, those things that the devil brings. So this is a place where they cannot come. You've come to a place where they cannot come. Yeah. 
He's not our God. Why? Because you're so full. This anointing that the Lord has put in you, you're so full. So it comes to a place where you're safe. You're, you're, and you see hearing testimonies. You know, I was hearing, like hearing the speech of uh, uh, he's called Andrew Colby. He was the personal assistant for Reinhard Bonke for many years. And just hearing his testimony about Reinhard Bonke, how this man was. And, you know, just at home where the man lived the word of God. I've seen people who can be more dramatic. People who, if I mention even some ministers here, you would know them because you admire them so much. Yeah? International ministers. People that I've sat with. And how they speak. How they curse. How they speak to women. But you know, you can never tell when you see them up there demonstrating. And you see, it used to be a bother. Like, how can we be like that? You get what I mean? Until now, you see, until I started seeing the same challenges in my life. I was telling you, I'm here struggling with sin, but when I show up to preach, I'm very anointed. Everyone feels like I'm so anointed. You get what I mean? And yet I can finish ministering and go a week without studying the word, without ever praying, you're just there. And become more and more vulnerable to the devil that way. So it has to be a discipline. Esteem the word of God greater than our necessary food, just like Job did. And like he said, that we should abide in him. You know how he talks in, in, in John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. He tells us, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can he except he abide in me. Now you see, he's talking about fruit. He's not talking about gift. Praise the Lord. You see, our character is fruit. What the world is looking for in everyone is the fruit of the, of the fruit of the Spirit. Temperance, kindness. You know, that's what, the, that's what is being looked for. That's what everyone is seeking. So, oh, I need a house help. I need, I need to hire somebody. Whatever we write there as character, if you go to and look at the fruit of the Spirit, you realize that that is what people are looking at. You get what I mean? Now, this whole passage is not necessarily talking about the fruit of the Spirit, yeah? But for us to think that he's talking about it as a fruit. Because see that, that now the anointing upon, what comes from the anointing upon is not necessarily fruit. A fruit is what takes time to grow. A fruit, conditions must be right inside to get a fruit. And the type of fruit. You look at the fruit, you know what is inside. A gift, not necessarily. You can sleep on 24th December and in the morning you find gifts on the Christmas tree. You get what I mean? Yeah. And there will be different gifts. There is a car, Christmas tree. <laughs> it produces a car. There is, you know, there can be real fruits. That's how gifts are. So gifts, you're like a Christmas tree. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Look at the colors they have on them. 
Now, so the anointing upon is like that parent who comes and puts gifts on you. Now you shall minister healing. You shall minister this. You shall minister gifts have been put on you. So there is no need for there is no you can you can mature in the way of administering them. You get what I mean? But you cannot mature to get to them. But for the fruit, you mature to produce the fruit. Now he's saying this can only happen if we abide in him. A tree is only going to bear fruit if it stays in that soil. A branch is only going to bear fruit if it, if it abides on that tree. And that is why you see, if, if, if you break a branch off, you can't go and break a branch off a, a, a mango tree and come put it on your dining table in the house and say, in a month we are going to have dessert of fruits, mangoes in this house. It is going to dry on that because it is not on the vine. Whatever it needs, those fruits don't just come from the branch. They come from the vine. It is that stem that gets all the minerals from down there. All that is needed is from the soil, the water. That vine gets and passes on to the branch. That is how it happens. So us abiding in him. Yeah, and in verse 5 he says, Abide in me. I am the vine. Here are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Then Paul tells us in Ephesians 3 that Christ may dwell in you. Abide, dwell, not visit by faith. These were believers that he was talking to. That he may dwell in you by faith. Now if he tells believers that Christ may dwell in you by faith, it means there are many believers who Christ is not dwelling in by faith. There are many believers where Christ is dwelling by the new birth. He came in by faith and is there by the new birth. But by faith, like every, like anything can happen, somebody dies and they doubt if that Jesus is there anymore. By faith, you would never. You would never. Because you see, by faith means it has nothing to do with the outside. That is what he's telling them. May Christ dwell in your hearts by faith. And Paul was a good example. Beaten, left for dead, for the gospel. All the persecution he went through was for the gospel. And yet not one time do we hear Paul saying, God, with all I have given. He didn't think God was shortchanging him. Why? Because Jesus was dwelling in his heart by faith. Now if Christ is dwelling in your heart by faith, you're rooted. That he, he as him as the vine is in you, and you are abiding in him. That you will bear much fruit. What fruit? Fruit of self-control. Fruit of temperance. Fruit of kindness. Fruit of love. That there will be that fruit. The healthier you are in your relationship with him, the healthier you will be in your relationship with other people that are around you. And that is very key for you as a minister. That is very key for you as a child of God. Very key. Praise the Lord. Very key. Uh, the, you know, there is a lot that we would say about the anointing upon. But you know, we've talked a lot about that. I'm sure I sh- actually I should sit and you guys preach to me about the anointing upon. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Like at least we all know that anointing, once the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will demonstrate power. 
that is where we are putting emphasis as we go around talking about ignite and what we are major we are majorly focusing on the anointing upon because it is not so necessary we want to see a vibrant church in this nation we want to see a church in Kenya where miracles are the order of the day you get what i mean that is what we want to see not just a certain section of people and it is also important for us to emphasize this otherwise that will be thrown away eventually because you see once the anointing within is depleted or is not we can't see it in work the anointing upon becomes disgusting to the people to the community and that is what i was saying like these ministers that i know it is disgusting when you tell people that they saw a lame person walk people who know them people whose wives they've slept with people whose children they have slept with it is disgusting for you to say anything good about these people because of the anointing within so the anointing within just growing every day the anointing within it removes that reproach from the ministry from this that God has given us hallelujah praise the lord that very important thing i want us to 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 make a serious commitment to really to go deep into communing with god spending time with god spending time with god that let us be people who love god we don't only read the word because we have evangelism because we have a mission because we have somewhere we're preaching we don't only pray and fast because we've been told to that no let that be our daily life this bible reading plan that was given to us it was to help on this it is so sad that some people have failed to do it like my wife was saying 80 days behind mm-hmm. those are very many days and like i was saying it may reflect in your life right now because see when those days were at pa january february you didn't really want to see pastor so much for prayers yeah but there is hope for a tree that has been cut down it does not matter how far you've been the worst thing you can do is to procrastinate and so I'll just begin next year you're giving the devil the whole of the rest of this year start right now from wherever you had stopped start get this is a plan that it really helps us that accountability that we are all there just wake up say let me go back let me start again three chapters a day because you see it gives you a bit of discipline it trains you it is not that it is the only thing isn't it challenging when you hear people reading you know i used to remember prophet cobas van rensburg he used to read six bible versions every year cover to cover hard copy highlighting six amplified so he would buy new bibles every beginning of the year six amplified nlt king james new king james read highlight read highlight read highlight read by december all the six are done and when you listen to him you you know you listen to him preaching they they done interview you guys should watch that interview where bethel students were sent there this is more than an hour with these bethel students they're asking tough questions that man didn't open a bible but he would go 
in proper order. It's like now when we go to John chapter 1, you see when you go from verse 8, he tells them this, 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 and as you go down to 4, he, as in, you know, he was just like a walking Bible. For you, you can only memorize John 3.16. <laughs> but this guy, you know, you, you can memorize the Bible and you're still buying hard copies and reading. You know, you would think that if you can memorize the Bible, you don't need to read it. Yeah, Marilyn Hickey, 90 years of age. She can memorize the Bible, reading the Bible every year, more than once through the Bible, cover to cover. That is the beginning. And you know, some may say, oh, that is religious. God does not require that from us. He does not require that from us. We are the ones who need it. That is for you. God does not require it. God is not going to to love you more because you've read the Bible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is not going to love you more because you've read the Bible. Just like your parents are not going to love you more because you've earned your degree. But you see, after they are dead and gone, you realize that the degree was for you. It was not for them. Isn't it? So it's the same thing. Many of these things are for us. They are for you. Very important. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for this word that we have received. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That we will not be like that ten, I mean the five foolish virgins. That our lamps will not be empty. Will not be wanting. But Father, my desire, even as a pastor, is that many years from now, we will all be standing. We will all be serving you. That our desire is to get to that place where the whelps of lions have not trodden. Where the vulture's eye has not seen. Where the fowls have not been. Where even the strong lions have not got. But Father, this anointing within, we will do whatever you have put in place for us to do to make sure that we stay afloat, that we grow in this. That we will continue to be relevant ministers to serve you. To serve you. And Father, I speak that wherever there has been a decline, wherever there has been a falling away, that let their eyes be open to your grace. You who is always waiting for us to get back on course, that you never give up on us. You never give up on us. You never give up on us. That this that you call them for is still alive. It is still there. That you're just waiting for them to come back and take their place. And function in that anointing that you've called them to function in. Let us love your presence. Let us love your presence. Let us love your presence. Let us love spending time with you. That like Job said, 
to esteem your word greater than our necessary food. Your word greater than our necessary food. Father, as your anointing upon us increases, that let us not be depleted within. Let that anointing within never be depleted. Let us not be remembered as people who did great things, people who demonstrated power, but lived for a short time, that their ministry was cut short. That, Father, let our love for you supersede our love for what you do through us, supersede our love for ministering, for serving you. That five years from now, we will all be standing. Ten years from now, we will all be standing. Twenty years from now, even as we are scattered to the different nations, wherever we will go, different continents, that we will still be vibrant. We will still be praising your name. We will still be glorifying your name. We will still be proclaiming the name of Jesus. And that we will still have this living water within us. That no thirst for things of this world shall ever come back to us. That it is quenched by this that flows in us. That anointing within. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. That these shall be known as people full of the word. People that know the word. People that know themselves in your word. People that speak your word. Lika raka malaka yakapa laka sekete leke pre. Tora mashaka. Like Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, that they may be young, but their character, their lives will cause men to shut up. A man shall not despise them. Men shall not look down on them because of this anointing within them. Liko rande liba sokapra dola hati. Marito libra talama shakata laka le korande lapra and open every eye to take a hold of that grace that there is grace to stand that is available grace to stand that we don't need to fear to repeat the same mistakes every other day that there is no need to fear that these things will repeat that there is grace you've given us to stand open every eye that we take a hold of this grace we take a hold of this grace that we will stand 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 that we will serve you with no skeletons in the closet Thank you, Father. I give you glory. I give you honor, Father. Even as we leave this place, I speak a blessing upon everyone here. Let's hear great testimonies. Great testimonies of soul winning. Great testimonies of job promotions. Great testimonies of 
encounters with you. They'll say, Jesus walked into my room in the morning as I prayed. I saw him. I beheld his face. I saw his eyes burning with love. But there be great testimonies. Let it be a weekend full of testimonies. And that as they carry your anointing, this anointing that is upon them, Maka Yala Bashoka. Thank you, Father. Liko Raba Sakata Yaka. Ila Talama Shakata Laka. Liko Rande Lipra Torama. Lika Yande Liba Sota Lapra. Terimo Shataraka. Prakata Laka Pratorabra. Lakayaka. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In two weeks, God has spoken. In the last two weeks, God has spoken this same thing to me. And He's speaking the same thing to me. This must be something so dear to Him for us as a ministry and for you as individuals. But there is a healing anointing in this place. I don't care whether you're called for healing or you're not. Maybe this weekend there are many healings that you're meant to see. Receive that anointing right now. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Father, anoint everyone to minister healing wherever they go. Let that electricity, that electricity keep on their hands, that power keep on their hands, that as they touch the sick, sicknesses vanish, sicknesses disappear, cancers disappear. In the mighty name of Jesus, take it in the name of Jesus. Take it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's the healing power of God. That's the healing anointing. In the name of Jesus. And let it start with you. If you have any sickness in your body. Let that anointing start with you. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. Because you're such a wonderful God. You're such a loving God. You're such a beautiful God. May your word be established in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus with a mighty hand clap.